Welcome, everyone, to the Pro Football Doc Week 7 NFL Podcast. I'm Thomas Casali with Dr. David Chow. Week 7, Doc, can you, I mean, we're a month away from Thanksgiving. The season is flying by. We're going to dive into these injuries. Not, not a huge week, though, for, uh, for injuries like the past couple of weeks. It wasn't too bad. Well, you know, I always say that when I was in the league, right, the 17 years, a bad week is one of your star players is out for a couple of weeks, right? A good week is five of your players are out, but they're mostly special teamers, right? I mean, every week has about the same injuries. And if you think about it, across a 17 now game, before it was 16 game season, in general, each team would about have about 10 to 12 players on injured reserve. And yes, the injury reserve will come more quickly at the end of the season. And this is before the three-week designated to return stuff. Every week, a player didn't end up on injured reserve. To me, was a good week. Because across 16 weeks at the time, you know, there's 8 to 10 or 12 on IR. If you have a week without injury reserve, I say, guys, we may not like it, but that's a good week if you really come down to it. And this is why I always say, Football is not a contact sport. Football is a collision sport. Basketball is a contact sport. You run into each other and do stuff. Football is a collision sport. That's the difference. Well, we had a lot, a lot of collisions on Sunday. Uh, one guy who, let, let's start with the biggest name, Doc. Uh, we're not sure how bad the injury is yet. We'll get into it. They have a bye this week coming up. Dak Prescott threw for more yards than any quarterback against the Bill Belichick defense on Sunday. So uh, apparently the offense isn't the same with Andy Dalton, as some people said last year. But <laughs> Dak, huge game. But on the game-winning touchdown to C.D. Lamb, Injured that calf. Uh, they're calling it a right calf strain. Now, you aren't overly concerned about this right now, correct? Well, look, I am concerned about any injury to your starting quarterback. And, you know, any Dallas Cowboy fan, I get the concern, especially when you see him in a boot, especially when you see him limping around. Well, let's just go through the video of the injury here first. So it's a game-winning play, boot right, and he hops a little bit on the right foot just by that limited video there, and you don't follow it for very long, so you don't see what he does afterwards, isn't that alarming? But if you go to the Cowboys Instagram video that we have, and we talked about it in our YouTube video a little bit, with the extra steps that he takes here at the end of the throw, you can see that wasn't, for lack of a better word, Kareem Hunt when he went down. And we'll get to Kareem Hunt. The other thing that you have to realize here is this is, oh, and, and of course he's wearing a boot and you see him, there's video of him landing and it's on my Twitter timeline here where he's limping up a storm going to his car after he landed from the flight from New England. But have you guys ever tried to walk in a boot? You do limp in a boot, right? It's just that boots clunky. And, you know, unless you have literally cowboy boots on the other side, the boots higher and, you know, you're off kilter. That doesn't mean that he's got a significant calf injury. I think it's a relatively mild calf injury. And as much, and we'll talk a lot about calves at this time, where I pan calf injuries is, is uh, recurring and lingering. He's a quarterback. It won't affect his throwing in the pocket that much. 
Yes, it may affect his mobility. Dallas has a bye week. So I think in terms of social media and what's out there, I'm the most optimistic guy on Dak so far. I don't think this has any direct and at minimal indirect, if any, relationship to his previous right ankle fracture dislocation. His range of motion is back. He's been moving well. This is just a calf strain, mild. And you put it in a boot to avoid swelling. You have a bye week. Look, a couple years ago, Aaron Rodgers had a calf injury in December heading into the playoffs. And I said, be careful. This could bother him all the way into January in the playoffs. And it did. He played very well. He just didn't take as many opportunities to run the ball. So I'm very confident Dak will be the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback. The only question is, how mobile will he be? But he's going to be the Dallas Cowboys starter for week eight after the bye. All right, Doc, with good news on the Dak Prescott injury, a team that doesn't have much good news. You mentioned Kareem Hunt. The the Cleveland Browns, Doc, are starting to really pile up the injuries here. Nick Chubb didn't play this week. Kareem Hunt did, then suffered a calf injury. The Browns play on Thursday night. They're obviously going to be shorthanded. What are you seeing with the Browns' two top running backs? Well, unfortunately, what we're seeing is coming true. You know, yesterday we broke in with in-game video that we posted about both running backs when Kareem Hunt was hurt and said, I'd be very surprised if he didn't go on injured reserve. And Kevin Stefanski has now said serious for the calf. So he is going to hit injured reserve. Uh, it's not official yet, but he will. And I said then that I don't believe Nick Chubb is playing. Um, you know, it's just a short time window from not playing Sunday to playing Thursday. Does he get forced into it a little bit because they know there's no Kareem Hunt? Maybe, but what you're risking is a Christian McCaffrey setback, right? I mean, not that McCaffrey played, but just practiced and had a setback and then losing Chubb for multiple weeks. So I don't believe Chubb will play. Uh, Stefanski saying he's leaving hope alive. He's wanting to play. He's not ready to rule him out yet. We are. I'm ready to rule them out for Thursday. I don't see how Nick Chubb will play on Thursday versus the Broncos. And obviously, as you are alluding to, they're they're getting pretty banged up in a couple other spots, too. Yeah, so you're you're thinking we're going to see more uh, to Ernest Johnson, Demetric Felton on Thursday. The no, no Chubb, no Hunt. I don't think there's no way there's Hunt. Right. Uh, I think, you know, I would put chubb in the doubtful category which is less than five percent and even right. then not fully healthy well hey listen that's that's great information doc's already got chubb doubtful so you don't even have to wait for the injury report make sure to go to our site profootballdoc.com we'll have the six scores up for the thursday game um the browns and broncos two teams uh dealing with some injuries uh, on both sides of the ball more from the browns though doc um obj uh uh, his right shoulder. It just it does not seem to be his year. It's like every game, something else. Um, do we need to be concerned about him for Thursday? Well, do you want the good news or the bad news, Thomas? Let's start with the good news. The good news is he returned to play and looked good, right? The good news is he seems to be doing better and better on that left knee. I saw him make some one-plant cuts and uh, some routes on the route tree that were fairly definitive, and I think he's starting to ascend. That's the good news. Of course, the bad news is this is a new injury to his right shoulder. His previous injury was to his left shoulder where it, quote, popped in and out. 
And this is unrelated to that. And if we look at the video here, he makes a really good in cut off his left leg, one plant. And when he lands on his right shoulder, uh, it is looks like an AC joint sprain, a shoulder sprain, shoulder separation. And you see him moving the arm. He goes in the tent and he goes in the locker room, not really being able to move his arm. And he comes back out and he's swinging his arm like a windmill and, and he's mobile again. That's the magic of what I tongue in cheek called acupuncture. Uh, it's a different kind of need, but with, you know, medicine, you know, it's a needle, it's a AC joint injection, numbs it, allows him to return, cuts down on the swelling. And he looked good. Now I will fully expect him as a DNP all this week at best limited practice. And I think Odell's going to play. You have to understand Jarvis Landry's practice window opened, but he's not activated yet. I think it's pretty good chance that week eight Landry can play, but Week seven on Thursday, I think, is still pretty tight. So Odell's tough. He's going to make the call. His knee's looking better. It's not his left shoulder. It's a new right shoulder injury. And uh, that's kind of where the news is on OBJ. So I was, the bright side is his trajectory is coming up. Okay. And we'll have to see what his sixth score is this week, heading into Thursday night. Odell's quarterback, Baker Mayfield, dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, this is the second time he's injured the shoulder. I mean, Doc, I know people like, you know, a lot of people don't like Baker Mayfield. They like to get on him. But to me, he, something doesn't look right right now. It looks like he's playing injured. Are you seeing the same thing? Well, you know, he plays fast and loose, right? And, and this, uh, the original shoulder dislocation was on an interception in week two. And I don't even think people talked about it much because it was an interception. So he wasn't playing again next. He went in the locker room early and then he came back. And he played, so people didn't really even know. But then all of a sudden, when he had a little dip in his play, everyone's like, oh, it's because of his left shoulder. I was like, well, that was like two, three weeks ago, right? And is it really that? So here, this one, though, if you watch the video, I think is significant. He rolls out, strip sack, and he lands on an outstretched left arm. You'll see on another angle here um, where... The arm is out and literally his arm is dislocated. You see J.J. Watt waving for uh, medical to come on the field. His left shoulder is dislocated right there. You'll see it better right here, falling out straight. Look between the bodies right there. That arm is really out to the side. And it happens after the fumble uh, as he's trying to recover the ball. So the downside of that is that I think he's torn his labrum, labrum even more. That was a more violent shoulder dislocation than the first time. And every time you dislocate it, it happens more easily. So surgery is in Baker Mayfield's future. It's a matter of when, not if, right? And can he finish the season? Which I think he's gonna try to. I actually think he's gonna play on Thursday, even though he was in a sling. He's gonna tighten that shoulder strap up, the harness up. But here's the thing about it, and when quarterbacks get hurt, they get hurt most often extending plays and out of the pocket, okay, making things happen. It happened to a lot of people, including Tony Romo, et cetera. So if you run the video again, look, as he's really trying to make a play and J.J. Watt catches him, I mean, Phillip Rivers wouldn't, isn't that mobile, would have dumped the ball. He's trying to make some, here comes J.J. Watt. And you can see on another angle, he's carrying the ball in one hand. He's looking ready to throw down field. And when he gets strip sacked, 
he's diving to try and get the ball and his shoulders out in front of him. If he wants to play it safer, he should either dump the ball or run with two hands on the ball. He doesn't fumble. And if he has two hands on the ball, he doesn't dislocate his shoulder because it doesn't go out to the side. But can Baker play that way? What makes him great is his flow. I mean, you could say the same about, in my hometown, Tatis, who dislocated his shoulder five times playing for the Padres uh, during the season. Can you really rein that guy in? You know, that's kind of his style. And let me tell you, Baker's likely to dislocate his shoulder again this season. Um, and surgery's coming. But he's tough. He's going to play through. Thankfully, it's not his throwing shoulder or he'd be done already. So it's week seven. The Browns have lost a couple games in a row. You're telling me Baker Mayfield may or may not finish the season. If I had $1,000 to bet on if the Browns are going to make the playoffs, yes or no, what is your thought right now? <laughs> well, I'd have to go back and look at the records and different things. Obviously, they're in a struggle right now health-wise. They're on the decline with some of their injuries. You know, they've got a short week game here. I mean, I think it's too early to tell, right? It's only week seven, right? It's still too early to tell. A lot of different things can happen. I mean, look, the first time we won our, uh, the AFC West in our history here, we started out, you know, two and one and two, and then got to two and two, but we finished 12 and four. Uh, so it's hard to predict that far in advance. Baker's going to keep playing as long as he can, unless there's long-term issues. Or but he's not going to get any out of it. He, he won't uh, get healthier until surgery, correct? Well, you can put the – here's what happens. You, players negotiate their way to play. So you mean I can wear this harness and I can play? Yes. Well, that harness gets looser and looser, right, because it's not as comfortable if it's restricting you. And the doctor and the trainer, he starts to learn how to put the brace on himself. And it's just a little looser, looser, looser. And then he dives and this happens. And then now he's going to get some medicine and put it on tight. And Thursday, it probably won't come out because he'll play within himself because he'll still be sore and it'll, it'll be on tight. But another week or two, as he's like, ah, I don't like this. I think I'm okay. And I loosen it. That's when it's going to happen again. I hope I'm wrong, but that's just the pattern, you know, uh, of, of players and what happens. Okay, so we'll see what those six scores are on Thursday for Mayfield, OBJ, and the rest of the Browns. You know, Doc, a couple of years ago, I read this article that said the most dangerous job in the world is working on an oil rig. That's now number two behind playing wide receiver for the New York Giants. Because apparently, if you play receiver for the Giants, you're done. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable what's going on with the Giants right now. Kadarius Toney, the, the latest Giant receiver to get injured, Hurt his right ankle, was re-aggravated. Reports said he didn't look great in warm-ups to begin with, then he didn't last long in the game. Uh, what are you seeing with him? Is there any chance he can just play through it? And what about Galladay, Slayton, any of those guys coming back this week? Well, Thomas, your information is always really good, but there's actually – he's not even the latest injury because C.J. Board broke his wrist or his forearm. Right. And, uh, and so he's the latest one. So out of the five – Giants wide receivers, if you go through an order. Galladay with his knee hyperextension, bone bruise contusion. Uh, not sure that he's returning this week yet. It's still on the early side. Uh, Sterling Shepard did return, but it wasn't necessarily 100% from his hamstring. Darius Slayton is still out with his hamstring, but maybe getting closer. Kadarius Tony is a step backwards. 
there's something, you know, we always say, uh, what is it? Make sure I get it right. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool, fool me twice, shame on me, right? So what happens is when a player comes back and they don't make it through from the original injury, are you going to just repeat history and put them back in next week? No, no one likes to play shorthanded. He's going to be sitting. Now, does that mean IR? I'm not saying that, but he's sitting at least this next week, if not longer, to try and get right. And I don't know the Giants' opponents off the top of my head. There'll be a coaching decision involved. And uh, their number five receiver is out for the season with his air cast and fracture. So that's a lot going on. And the same thing can be said for left, left tackle Andrew Thomas. He returned to play but didn't finish. So he's going to be out. And the left guard, they're on, I think, left guard number three. They're on center number two, that whole left side of the offensive line. And that's why Thomas, look, you know me, I'm in California, and it's not legal for me to gamble, and I don't gamble. But that's our picks, right? The sixth score, as we looked at it, not only no wide receiver targets, limited practice for uh, Daniel Jones, but we knew he was coming back from concussion. No Saquon Barkley. And the whole left side of your offensive line out against who? The Rams are the great defensive line, almost all healthy. And on that left side of the offense there, that's usually where Aaron Donald sits, right? And that's why we said, based on six score, we were comfortable taking the Rams as road favorites. I think they were eight-point favorites or something like that. And that was our easiest game of the day, even though we actually did pretty well overall. But that one, we didn't sweat from the beginning. It was just the Rams raced out, and that was it. Yeah, we went 5-0, and Doc, right, on our, on our games, uh, on our picks, based only on team health. It's not based on strategy or coaching, just health of the team. Um, we went 5-0, and and we, I believe – I, I talked to a friend who's, who, who literally he's a professional gambler, and he's like, dude, you can't take – so we took – Rams minus eight. We took um, um, the 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 Green Bay Packers five and a half on the road. We took uh, Minnesota small favorites on the road, and the other one was uh, what was it, guys? Um, blanking on it now. Chiefs. Oh yeah, Chiefs against Washington on the road, six and a half or seven. And he goes dude, you can't take four road favorites and lay points on all of them and hope to get them all. I said, look, we're just trusting the process in terms of the injury health mismatch and advantages. And the final one was the Colts under against the Texans. And it was, we leaned towards the Colts as well. And that was a pretty easy one too. And look, they all don't work that way. What we try and do is put you on the right side in terms of health. Look, if you liked uh, a team anyways, and the health scores are in your favor, maybe you go harder. It solidifies your opinion. If you, what you like is opposite of the six scores, maybe you think twice. If you still believe in it, still do it. Same thing for DFS and fantasy, right? It's just a tool because no one has the time to go through all the minutia. Look, everyone knows if Russell Wilson is out, but do you know about the offensive line or defensive line, right? And that's kind of what we provide. Well, Doc, if you were going to take road favorites, apparently this was the week because based on my Twitter timeline, Las Vegas is about to shut their doors. Uh, the books got killed this week. So we picked a good week to, to lay the points on the road. And real quick, the Giants play the Panthers on Sunday. So fantasy owners don't plan on Kadarius Tony being active for that game. Doc, a guy you've been all over 
this year, I think. It just covered it perfectly. I mean, I've gotten rid of them in my fantasy leagues, told others to do the same based on your early information. has been uh, Antonio Gibson for Washington. And uh, now he's dealing with a shin injury. He wasn't very – he wasn't very uh, – productive in the passing game he only had three targets uh, uh mckissick had 10 targets and you know when you're playing in fantasy and you got an injured back and they're going to take him out of the fantasy or out of the passing game you know that that's a big deal so i thought that early information on gibson was good now another shin injury you say this isn't going to improve at all this season correct yeah and that's what i, I say you know you you thomas you hear me joking around about it I, i'm an injury expert not a fantasy expert. So I'll let you and others chime in on that. As a matter of fact, uh, there are actually a lot of injuries on my quote fantasy team, but thanks to a really good defense like Scott Fishbowl, we're 5-0 and and hopefully going to go to 6-0 and based on our defense. And we don't even draft a defense. <laughs> Scott Fishbowl. My opponents have scored only like 600 points and everyone else's opponents have scored like 800. So we've been, we've been uh, lucky there, but uh, to, to have the perfect record so far, knock on wood. But in terms of Antonio Gibson, it's just medical knowledge. Word was it was a shin. And I was like, not worried thinking it was contusion. But once it came out as stress fracture of the tibia, that does not heal quickly. Even if you put Antonio Gibson on IR for three weeks, that's not enough time for it to heal. It could feel a little better, but not enough time for it to heal. So to me, for Gibson, the best case scenario that you can hope for is what he's doing right now. Uh, Getting some carries, occasional targets, sitting out some series, missing some practice. He's not going to get to 100% this year because stress fractures take forever to heal. He can stay the same or he can get worse. Um, And that's where my pessimism comes related to Antonio Gibson. But let me tell you, I'm short some running backs. I mean, between Nick Chubb and and Chris Carson and some of the others, I might take them from you if you want to give me Antonio Gibson. But it all depends on who you have and what's going on. But yeah, I don't think... The rosiest picture for Gibson is for him to continue as he's been going. It's not going to be uphill. And Doc, I mean, years ago, I had a stress fracture. And, uh, you know, I'm not an NFL running back, but they said, you know, the only way to fix this is rest. Stay off it. So how long? Huh? How long? So it was a while. This was years ago. I, I can't remember how long they told me to stay off of it, but months. they said, you know, but yeah, yeah. It, well, I didn't, I wasn't able to work out or run for months. I had to months. just not, not yes, days, yeah. not weeks, unless you're going to go tibial rotting surgery. And even then that's a three month recovery. So uh, that's why well, this, isn't gonna, this isn't going to be fixed until the off season when he can just rest it. Correct. Correct. Or okay. have surgery on it with three month recovery. Either way doesn't bode well. All right, Doc, a couple of Chiefs that were uh, injured uh, this Sunday, but I don't know if they're serious. You can tell us. Tyreek Hill with the quad. Travis Kelsey looked like he got a finger hand uh, hit late in the game. Any concern for either one of those two long-term? Kelsey, no. I think Kelsey's going to be fine. Look, you'd be surprised how many finger injuries there are and so forth. It is what it is. Thankfully, they're mostly not Russell Wilson type. Tyreek is a little bit of a concern in and out of the game. And uh, it's said to be a quad contusion with some swelling, and that would be good news, even if there's a hematoma they have to drain. 
the worry is we didn't looking at film see a quad contusion so is there some strain involved but when he's in there he's been okay but he's just not in there all the time so it's one to watch but uh hopefully he'll get better and better and one of their backup maybe third string tight end very obviously on video tore his achilles in game and kind of unusual the team twitter put it out we put it out and within three or five minutes they said achilles and he's done i mean they just went and said it usually that doesn't happen till after the game to be that definitive all right. Well, you gave me a good news, bad news situation. I'll give you one. Good news. T.Y. Hilton returned this week against the Texans. Bad news. He hurt his right hamstring. Uh, speed receiver. Is this going to – he's already already missed the first five weeks. Is he going to miss more time with this injury? Yes. And he cannot go on injured reserve because he's already had a stint on injured reserve. If he goes on injured reserve, he's done for the season. So – the good news is T.Y. Hilton is back, was back, had some made some plays. The good news is he won't go on IR. The bad news is I think he's going to miss some time, and he can't go on IR. So they're going to have to carry him or shut him down for the season. I can't tell how bad the hamstring is, but it is typical. Now, this is like early season for T.Y., right, because he got shut down, and this is his first game back. So this is a reacclimation injury to football. It happens a lot early season. And uh, unfortunate for him, especially, I guess there was some talk that he even thought about retiring, uh, but this is when he was dealing with the neck issue. So uh, he's going to miss some time, but he won't be on IR. All right, another big name receiver who's having a good season, Mike Williams for the Chargers, caught two of five targets for 27 yards this week, dealing with a knee issue by week. Then they play the Patriots. Is he there? Yeah, I think he is. Um, look, um, two out of five limit. I mean, that's not Mike Williams of this year, right? Mike Mike Williams has been essentially the number one guy this year for them, mm -hmm. right? And uh, fantasy beast, the whole deal. But, you know, by video, uh, it looked like a bone bruise with some swelling and they acknowledged swelling. And I thought there was a chance they wouldn't play him just to give him the extra rest. They did. I guess they knew they were playing the Ravens. They needed him, but they didn't do much in the game but I do think the buy comes at a good time for Mike Williams and that'll get him back for the for the uh, Patriots All right, well doc I might have misspoken earlier I said that Giants wide receivers the most dangerous job in the world it might be uh, Ravens running back is right up there as well Latavius Murray uh, high ankle sprain the latest uh, Ravens running back to be injured they're down to Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, it feels like it's 2009. Uh, how many weeks are we looking at uh, Murray to be out for? Well, I think the uh, 49ers running backs would have an issue yep. with you about who's more injured. The 49ers starting with Jeff Wilson before the season even started, right? And Raheem Mostert. And I mean, I mean, they were down at a point, uh, Trent Cannon, who was cut as a running back, admittedly he's more special teamers, who was cut by the Ravens, signed by the 49ers for special teams, actually got some carries at running back uh, a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, the 49ers uh, have, might have an issue with that. But Latavius Murray is a high ankle sprain. It's not the most severe kind, but yes, I think he is gonna miss a couple of weeks before he is back again. Uh, Le'Veon Bell and 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 other veterans are relevant again. It's just uh, funny how the world turns, huh? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's weird how some certain teams just keep having the injuries at the same position. The uh, speaking of teams that are having injuries at the same position, Doc. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball in the Broncos. Uh, Alexander Johnson torn pec. Uh, three of the four starting linebackers for Denver are out. He's out for the year. Uh, the other inside linebacker, Josie Jules, done with the done for the year with a torn pec. Bradley Chubb is still on IR. And we mentioned earlier they're playing the Browns on Thursday. That's going to be like the mash bowl. Uh, what do you see in there with the with the Broncos defense and how concerned are you? I know we'll have these in the six scores, but when we start, you know, we focus a lot on offense because it's fantasy related. And but one of the things you mentioned about our site is we look at offensive line and we look at defense. Now that the Broncos, who are off to a quick start, are losing a lot of these high impact defensive players. I mean, how much does that affect the six score? It does. And especially, you know, at linebacker, inside linebacker, on the one hand, if it weren't the Browns with their injured running backs, you'd say uh, they might have a good run game. This, uh, you know, look look out for uh, the run offense for this Thursday. But the Browns are injured again on the run in offense, and defensively, the Broncos with their linebacker injuries are are a little bit down too. So we're still doing that analysis. That'll be up uh, by kickoff tonight of the Monday night game: Bills versus Titans, which. By the way, at the website, you can see, I think this is the first time that I can remember in a little while that every position on the Buffalo Bills offense is green and every position on the Buffalo Bills defense is green. I don't think we've had that. Uh, The uh, Titans, you know, with their wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones are still not 100% from their hamstring. The left side of the offensive line for the Titans, you can see the yellow there, still not 100%. And obviously, uh, you know, Derrick Henry's, uh, the third down back is is out. But if you flip to the other side, there's three defensive starters that are out, and Bud Dupree, who is nowhere near his Steelers form yet, coming off the ACL. The Bills are definitely the healthier side, as you can see by their overall six score, but also you just look at the colors and you can see they're more healthy. Yeah. And doc, I bet the bills uh, in the summer to bet to win the super bowl. And, you know, sometimes you need a little luck too, right? Like you, like you said, if, if you bet the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, it's not that they can't, but you see a lot of red on the Ravens. Right now, the Bills are relatively healthy, and uh, you know that that's an important factor that I don't think we talk about a lot with teams. You know, every once in a while, you'll get a team like the Eagles who magically that magical season where they beat the Patriots had all those injuries, but typically teams are pretty healthy heading into the playoffs. Well, here's the thing: if you break it down, and this is from a team perspective. They usually break down the, the season into four-week intervals. I mean, of course, you always know, win all your home games and split them on the road, right? Concentrate on your division games. But the goal is to go three and one every four weeks. You know, 4-0 is even better. But teams morph over time. So just because you're healthy all year, look, the key is to get healthy at the end of the year. If you look back last year, what happened to the Chiefs, the problem is the Bucks got healthy at the end of the year with Vita Vea, the beast that knows getting healthy after his ankle injury. And they got healthy at the end of the year, Shaq Barrett. Whereas the Chiefs got unhealthy at the end of the year, losing Eric Fisher. Then the right tackle, that backup right tackle had to move over. So you're on a third string right tackle and a, the, the second string right guard moved to right tackle, third, third string right guard. And so 60% of your offensive line never started a game together for the Super Bowl. 
and Mahomes was running for his life. So you, you're right about the luck, right? You got to be healthy. But I think most teams would be want to make the playoffs, but you want to be healthy in December and January. That's where you really can make hay and uh, not early on. All right. Well, we're a couple more injuries, Doc, before we get into our talking points this week. We just uh, got word from Jacob that Patrick Peterson hamstring uh, Vikings corner was placed on IR. Uh, the team said cramps in game. So either uh, they, they need a new doctor or they were lying. Right. <laughs> well, Thomas, this is before you joined us. But, uh, you know, look, yeah, uh, yeah. That's one hell of a cramp that goes yeah. on injured reserve. Right. Uh it's coach speak. And we talked about it with Norv Turner here in the office. It's coach speak. He's trying to do what's best for your team. And yeah. I don't begrudge anyone. I remember, this is just a funny point here. I don't know if you remember, you probably don't remember this went around, but Xavier Rhodes went down in a funny fashion and where he went down, it was almost like a water skiing type injury, which might be a proximal hamstring avulsion. That's the only kind that need, ever need surgery for hamstrings. So I said, hard to say, but that's an unusual hamstring. Let's hope it's not a high avulsion, which needs, those need surgery. That's kind of what I said and wrote the article. And it was funny, and I laugh here because it's Coach Zimmer, right? And he said, um, uh, in the next press conference on Monday, his first question was, what about Xavier Rhodes? And he goes, that TV doctor was wrong. He's not going to need surgery. And, and of course, people were tweeting at me, shots fired. And I was laughing. I'm like, I'm not really on TV, Twitter, whatever. And uh, there's no question that from the outside the building, I can never be perfect as what's going on. But inside the buildings, they know, they follow, they see what we say. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's coach speak. They, yeah. I'm not mad at anybody. Look, uh, uh, Kevin Savansky, I and just on Twitter this morning, he says he's not ready to rule out Nick Chubb. I said, I am. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just the way that it goes. Well, we'll finish off, Doc, with uh, what looked like the most serious uh, injury of the week. Luckily, uh, it turned out okay. Daryl Taylor with the neck. Uh, he was placed on the spine board and carted off. Uh, Pete Carroll said uh, scans were came back okay, flew home with the team. You know, that's just one of those things, Doc, that – in the old days, before I worked with you, and you tell me don't don't look at the react. I was looking for the thumbs up, right? I, I wanted the thumbs up, and he didn't give the thumbs up. So in the old days, I'd have been nervous, but I was like, "Hey, Doc always says, wait it out. <laughs> Let's see." And uh, you know, good look, look, we're all we're all human here. Let me let me tell you, I still remember it, and, and I have a queasy stomach right now thinking about it. I still remember it was a midweek game. Uh, a single game, and I don't remember if it was Monday or Thursday, when Ryan Shazier went down. Mm -hmm. The instant Ryan Shazier went down, I had a sick feeling to my stomach, the way that he went down. And we did do a halftime injury chat, and it's, it was on Periscope, so it's probably long gone. But, I mean, literally, I was like, I've never felt this emotional, this sick to my stomach uh, on – for a player I didn't personally know. I mean, I didn't know Ryan Shazier, but the way he went down, I just did not like it. I mean, literally when he turned over, his other leg and hip flopped over. It didn't like have any purposeful tone. And obviously so far he's walking, you know, obviously he's never gonna play football kind of thing, but 
whenever I see a, a spine related injury in the Steelers, I don't love it. And I know it was on the Seahawks, but you know, I just see the jerseys and don't love it. But this one I was comfortable with as you get look, looking to types of injuries. Yeah, he jams his head and neck and puts it in there, but it's not the typical mechanism axial load compression that leads to paralysis. And that's what I fear. It's the paralysis part. Even if there is a fracture of some sort, they can heal. It's the paralysis part that I really fear. And not that we poo-poo concussions and CT. It's that paralysis that I always really fear. And look, better safe than sorry. And that's what I tweeted. You'd rather spine board 99 guys that don't need to be spine boarded to not miss the one that does. But let me tell you, I don't love doing that because unless it's absolutely necessary because the effect of on the player, on the family at home, on his teammates, on people around. I mean, if you need to do it, you need to do it. But I did everything I could to check them out where you tried not to. And the thumbs up, by the way, um, it depends. I mean, I, look, depends on the player. I don't know Taylor at all. He's a young guy. I don't know if they weren't worried because he was already moving so that they need to have the thumbs up. I don't know if they were concerned about everything. I don't know if it really comes up. It's not part of medical protocol for me to go, Hey, give people the thumbs up. No, you I know. know. I was just, That's you know, usually, player, they give you know? The, usually they give you the thumbs up when they're going out. And uh, I'm saying before I worked here, if I didn't see the thumbs up, I'd have gotten nervous, but now I don't. Yeah. And, and that's another case of, judge the injury or video of the injury or the reaction to it, not the reaction to it, the cart and the spine board and the whole deal. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have, it's better to be safe than sorry. And of course the key is he was allowed to fly home with the team. If there was anything or any doubt, he would have been kept overnight yeah. at least. So that to me is the all clear. And guess what? I don't think he's going to go on injured reserve. We'll see how sore his neck is. I think if I had to guess, no one's going to force this kid to play, but I'm sure he'll want to. My best guess, if I have to guess, is he misses this week and plays next week. All right. Well, good news there. Let's talk about, uh, you know, his teammate, uh, Russell Wilson. Doc. We gotta, well, this guy sure isn't boring, is he? The, you know, he has a picture on Twitter, which you're going to break down here in a second. He's running a, a mock two-minute drill. He comes out to call the coin toss at halftime. Um, what's going on here, Doc? Give us your thoughts on Russell Wilson. You know, I don't really know Russell Wilson. I mean, look, most players who are in injured reserve either don't want to or aren't allowed to travel with the team. They rehab at home when they don't fly, whatever. Russell Wilson goes with the team, is a coach for Geno Smith, is doing ceremonial coin tosses. Let me tell you, I didn't see the pregame coin toss, but I saw the overtime coin toss, and that's how I said, I've never seen that before. Like, pregame coin tosses, you've got – you know, make-a-wish kids, long-time fans, this, whatever, you know, flipping coins are going out there, but they don't typically even call it. They were just standing out there. Russell Wilson was out there and he called the coin flip. No big deal. It's just a coin flip, but I just thought it was really interesting. And uh, there was one point there when uh, the clock was ticking down the last play in regulation where he could have gotten flagged for being on the field. You know, <laughs> he got so enthusiastic helping his team. Look, 
these guys are different. They're bred differently. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, look, he wants to stay involved. And as he says, he's never not missed. Now, amazingly enough, I've talked about this before previously. It's the pocket quarterbacks that have longevity in terms of injury. The Phillip Rivers, the Eli Mannings. Brett Favre was a unicorn where he kept playing and playing. Russell Wilson's a unicorn. He's played 10 years without missing the start. And he's as mobile as they get. And he runs and, and he's also not the biggest guy in the world, right? So I think it's just something he's never done. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm out in something he's never done. And still, you still think around week 10 for him, Doc? Return? Yeah, if you look at the picture here, um, and you saw it on Monday night, a couple of observations here. First of all, normally you don't cast a finger fracture. You're worried about stiffness, especially after surgery. That looks like a pretty heavy wrap. Number two, you saw Russell Wilson on his Instagram, I guess, where he was saying he could bend to 70 degrees and could move it. So, yeah, okay, maybe it's protective because he's on the sideline. But look at how it's, it's wrapped up with the index. But look at how much longer the middle finger is. I think on his Instagram, I see it. But here, it would support it that that wrap slash splint slash cast is longer like that because he still has a pin, at least one pin sticking out through his thumb. That's for the mallet finger to hold it to allow it to heal. You can't think about returning to play until that pin comes out. I do still think a target fastest return, feasible if everything goes his way, is week 10. And that's what uh, Schefter and Rappaport reported after we postulated that. So let's hope that's still the case, but that's still a few weeks away, a good month away at this point in time. All right. So before we get to the fun stuff here, Doc, um, the you see, Doc, Doc is big time. I, I'm a man of the people. So I was out with some friends uh, this weekend who are giant fans and you know, they were talking about Daniel Jones, who was clear to play. Right. And they were all joking. Um, you know, did you see what happened during the game? He was wobbling. How could he be clear to play? And I saw a couple comments on Twitter. So I thought, you know what, this will be good for Doc to discuss on the podcast because, right. you know, people obviously still don't understand concussions. So when you're looking at concussions, Doc, that and we kind of talked about this last week, but just so fans know, if a guy is wobbling around and not being able to walk, that's really no different than a guy who just walks off the field. Am I right by that? Well, it's different because you have visual signs and there's no chance you're going to get cleared to return. But I always like to keep things fairly simple. There's still way more that we don't know about concussions than what we do know. If you even look in the last handful of years, it used to be a dark room. And now we say, no, some stimulation is good. Like we don't even know. And here's the other thing. Our knowledge of concussions right now, no matter how we study it and what we do, is worse than Joe Namath days where that was a trick knee. We didn't realize what an ACL tear was. Pre-MRI era, era. Everything was a meniscus tear. Everything was a knee sprain. Whether it was a meniscus tear or an ACL or, or an MCL, it was just a knee sprain, right? And we used to, thankfully before my era in medicine, remove meniscus and think they were just like appendix. You didn't need them. Mm -hmm. And then we didn't realize you're causing arthritis. So we've come a long way. 
And we're still in that pre-MRI era in terms of concussion. There's no way to image a concussion. MRI, CT scan, EEG. There's no way to image or find CTE until, uh, except for posthumously. So every concussion we see, we say it's a concussion. But one guy loses his balance, so there's some vestibular function involved. One guy sees stars. Another guy is unconscious for three minutes. Another guy feels fine, but then has more symptoms later on. They're not the same. One day we might get to a grade 2B occipital lobe concussion, and this is how we treat it, and this is the practice pattern, and a grade 3C temporal lobe concussion, you know, and, and get more specific. But we're not there right now. But you are right. Just because he lost his balance, it's about how quick you recover, not what your initial symptoms are. And he progressed right through like Teddy Bridgewater did the week before with no practice Wednesday, like Thursday, full practice Friday and clear. Is there a higher chance of an, a second impact? Uh, maybe, um, but I don't think, I think that's appropriate and proper what they did with Daniel Jones and uh, very hard to predict concussions, that's for sure. So you think in the next 10 years will be miles from where we are today? In terms oh, I would, of I would certainly, I would certainly hope so. And I made an observation here in the command center um, Jacob, who was that that got rocked pretty good, a quarterback? Um, and he, oh yeah, Justin Fields got rocked pretty good on a hit. Just think back. Uh, if you have it, we'll pull up the video. If you look at this video, Justin Fields, and how he got hit two years ago, certainly three years ago, social media would have been screaming. Why wasn't he checked? Why wasn't he pulled from the game? This, that, the other. I mean, honestly, I think nowadays, you know, the league has done better and, and, and people's fire have been less, but also, you know, the COVID stuff seems to be the frontline news. But if you look at that Justin Fields hit, I mean, as from what we saw here, I'm not saying he should have for sure been checked. I'm just saying that social media would have lit up saying, why wasn't he checked? And it's just uh, evolving times. And that's just an observation. All right, good stuff. So, well, before we leave here, Doc, we promised last week, um, our new producer, Justin, has the greatest Zoom picture of all time. I, I, uh, I'm looking at it right now and I'm trying not to laugh, but so we promised we would show the picture and whoever comes up with the best caption, I'll personally give you a $50 uh, gift card to Amazon. So, Here's the picture. Um, there's Justin. I mean, you can't even imagine why you would strike that pose, but he did. So there's the picture. Give us your best caption at on Twitter at ProFootballDoc, or you can send them right to me at the Tom Casale, C-A-S-A-L-E. And best one, 50 bucks on Amazon. Doc, it, it's great, isn't it? Uh, it it is, and, and I notice how how uh, Justin doesn't even want to put it up right now. <laughs> but we're going to make him put up the picture. But to make life easier for people in case they can't remember, the, if you want to reply to any of the Twitter timelines where I I tweet out this uh, podcast with your your suggestions, or I'll I'll probably screen grab and put out the yeah. picture as well uh, and, and tag uh, you. We'll, we'll find it. Buttons. You give us a good caption, and it's fifty dollars at Amazon. Anything you want. So uh, we figured, you know what? Let's have a little and, fun. And, and Justin, Justin 
and, and Justin, you understand that this is Thomas's doing. I had nothing to do with this, uh, et cetera. But like, we're going to have to take over editorial control and actually put up his picture because he's not even putting it up right now. Yeah, but, I don't even. Uh, I think he left. Uh, but you know, Justin's doing a great job, so we thought we'd uh, we'd have a little fun with the new guy. And so, uh, what's what's your first entry into what's what's your how would you caption this? I don't know. I got to think about it. This is I, I I've just laughed at it. I <laughs> really thought about a caption. We'll leave, we'll leave that to our audience. Jacob, you want to throw one in there? I don't have one off the top of my head. I just want to know the circumstances that were surrounding the photo shoot. Well, my whole thing is, yeah, that's the picture you chose. What were the other ones? Right. Oh, yeah. If you got any, if Justin has any better ones than these, please share. We'll, uh, well, and medically, of course, I look at his fingers and I was like, did, did he play football? His fingers are a little bit <laughs> jacked up there in his hand there. And then, uh, of course, I look at that look and it's like, uh, if, if he didn't have his shirt on, I think it was my eight-year-old son trying to make, you know, noises, you know, uh, <laughs> noises under his armpit or something. But, but we'll leave we'll leave the audience to uh, to uh, caption this. Yeah, and I mean, listen, hey, we're just poking fun. Justin's doing an amazing job for us. Uh, we're glad to have him. But uh, make sure, hey, everyone, it's uh, we're getting a lot of injuries. Make sure you go to profootballdoc.com, at profootballdoc on Twitter. Uh, like us, uh, follow us on YouTube, all over the place. We're going to have everything covered for week seven, six scores, updated injury information. And until next week, Doc, have a good one. We'll see you later. Thank you.